Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rare Birds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where, you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you are, you're moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we're storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul you just say you know let's change africa or a solution for africa or, or something like that because i'm um, it's really just just dopamine driven conversation uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for africa because africa, africa is not really there is no one solution that works for us right now um we believe that the robotic arm especially is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for the market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two, you are scaled to like maybe a, a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are people really are carefully spending their the few dollars they have. Greetings again and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. Hello guys. Thank you so much, Jonna, uh, to invite like you invited us. And um, yeah, I'm Ugen Tomo from Bhutan and greetings from Bhutan to everyone who is listening to your podcast. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. And um, before we started recording, we were talking about me always trying to visit Bhutan and never being successful. So <laughs> I hope <laughs> I will get there someday. But it's really lovely to have, you, to have you on again. Ogen Somo, as a part of this series, we're looking at countries uh, from South Asia and founders. So Ogen, tell us, firstly, before we jump into your amazing startup that you're building, you know, this might be the first time some people have, may have even heard of Bhutan. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't want to turn this into a tourism ad, but <laughs> you can tell us, <laughs> for our listeners, you know, 
tell us a little bit about Bhutan, you growing up in Bhutan. Uh, just give us your backstory and, and then we can dive into, um, into I'm going to try to pronounce it without screwing it up. Nim Gangsha Solar. Yep. It's yeah. Solar. <laughs> See, I didn't do too bad. You did okay, it. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so over to you. Tell us, tell us what you'd like us to know about yourself and Bhutan, please. Okay, so um, I was born in 1996, and I'm 26 right now. So if I talk about my country, it's very small, and it's sandwiched in between two huge countries like India and China. So it's a mountainous country as well. And we are known for our happiness. And we we were like under um, under great leaders, like our fifth king, which uh, we, we call him as a, a king of people. And uh, um, it's known for the cons conservative of it's very conservative. Our cultures are very conservative. And um, it's a very small country with only like hardly seven lakh, um, 700,000 people. So I would like everyone to come here and, you know, experience our culture, see our nature. We believe in conserving our environment. And uh, we are also known for uh, carbon negative. Mm -hmm. about your your professional background and give us sort of the build up to uh Nimgang Sha Solar. Okay. So um I studied environmental studies and English literature when I was in my college. And um after that um I was um I was enrolled in like you know doing I was I volunteered as a RJ in Kuzu, and it's one of the first project of our His Majesty the King, and I was I was a RJ over there. And after that, I was um, working with uh, one of the media houses, private media houses, where I was um, I was doing um, I was uh, writing the content for the um, companies, store companies, and stuff like that. Okay, and so you you were doing that, okay, and then how did, tell us the story then behind how you and your co-founders got together, like why did you decide to start the company? Okay, so it happened like this. I call myself as a um, accidental entrepreneurs. Okay. I'm one of the accidental entrepreneur because I went there to like, you know, watch people pitch. It was, um, we have a, platform called uh, Startup Weekend and uh, even Loden Foundation, one of the uh, organizations who helps entrepreneurs to like, you know, get investors and they give um, loans with interest-free and mortgage-free. So in that uh, event, I went there and I was like, I went there to watch them what people pitch on their ideas and you know get some stories because i was one of the rj over there in kuzu so i went there to get the story from the event there but what happened was 
I found that that platform very interesting. And um, we were given the open, like we were given the, the media people were given open platform to where, you know, you go and pitch your own ideas. So I also decided to do that. And I pitched my idea on solar, which was my college, which was my college research. And I gave three years of my, uh, like, you know, call, uh, studying time there. And I was doing a serious research on solar. So then I, um, like, you know, I manipulated a little bit and I commercialized it. And then I pitched my idea on that platform. So after that, I was, my idea was selected by the judge over there. And then after that, I, I, I gave up on my, um, I gave up on my career on media and then switched myself into becoming an entrepreneur. Okay, got it, got it. So why solar? Tell us about sort of maybe the, I think what will be helpful is like the energy environment in Bhutan and then explain to us why you decided to develop a solar company. It's actually, uh, when I was like in the college, like I told you before, I was really interested in this solar and I was doing a research, full-on research with one of my professor called Stephen. And uh, I found out that we have more potential in our country to go for a solar because we tell everyone that we are, uh, we are a country who is very, like who is very concerned about environment. And we tell that, but then no one's doing nothing. Like, you know, we have hydropowers coming in. Yes, definitely it is one of the renewable energy, but we have other renewable energy. But then our government and people were believing more in hydropowers. So I thought solar has also, like solar is a free energy, you know? And no one, no one like gave a serious thought about what solar energy can be in future instead of building huge infrastructure for getting loan from other banks, world banks and stuff like that. And then building a huge infrastructure. And uh, after like, you know, when we built huge infrastructure like that, we tend to destroy a lot of uh, forests. Um, we even disturb the ecology of the water, the fresh water flowing. And we tend, we Bhutanese just tend to like, you know, focus on like only in hydropower, but not in other, like not in other renewable energies. So I thought we have, like, we can go for solar and this is solar is also a renewable energy. We can prevent our environment through solar energy as well. And we are so much dependent in hydropower where we as a citizen does not look for other alternatives. So that is why I decided to go for solar and my research 
like you know drive me to go for solar because we solar has that capacity in future right and it's you and tendon right you guys are the co-founders you you're building it together um yes me and tendon tendon is more into technical things and i am more into um like you know even i do some technical work as well but then he's more into developing um sensor based products yeah yeah and so what I, I just want to extract a little bit of what you said, which is that mm -hmm. your country is already known for being this uh, green country, having these green policies, being carbon negative, etc. Mm -hmm. So this mm -hmm. this company kind of plays plays well into what your what your country is known for, and I guess what you what you guys are trying to do long term, right, which is to yeah. build a sustainable um, environment. Okay, so tell us exactly what problem is it that you're solving? And then tell us more about the product, the, the, the photovoltaics, etc. Okay, so when I decided to go for a solar, I have, I have done a lot of research, I have done market validation in our country. And then we, I saw that thousands and thousands of um, gases, LPG gases, has been imported from India, and solar is one of it. Like one who can solve the solve this problem in like you know importing those LPG gases, cooking gases over here, because solar energy can also we can we have a solar cooking system, so we can solve the problem of importing LPG gases in our country. And we are paying huge amount, uh, the huge amount to, the huge money is going outside from our country. That is why I thought, why not go for cooking system, solar cooking system, where we can replace it um, from importing LPG gases from other countries. And um, I, have, I have found, uh, I have people who likes hiking and stuff like that. So I, when they hike, they, the, the phone batteries, the, you know, when, when they hike, they like, the hikers really like taking pictures, you know, in the, in, in the beautiful mountains. So they like, you know, they always have that complaint saying that our battery drains out when we, when we like, you know, hike up in the mountains because of the, because of the cold, the phone batteries and camera batteries cannot sustain cold and it drains out very easily. So I, I mean, my team decided to like, you know, um, design a bag, actually the bag is already there, but then what we did is we made a change in like, you know, we have a bag where the battery is like literally conserved and that battery is, um, that battery can run for like almost three to five, three to five days, because we have designed that battery in such a way that it can sustain extreme cold of our country. And uh, even like, you know, uh, street lights, the street lights is, uh, we, our government are paying a lot of like bills to the, BPC. That is why 
I thought, why not go for solar street lights, you know, where we won't, we, we don't have to pay for them and the sun will pay the bills for us. Right, got it, okay. And then we can use that money, mm. the bill we pay to them to like, you know, invest it in a smart city where we always believe to make the city very smart, very safe to like, you know, wander around for our tourists and for the locals as well. So I, I thought we could go for solar street light rather than going for the normal fluorescent light where we pay a lot of huge amount of bills to the Trump, like to the BPC people. Okay, so you're designing smart street lights. This is, it's, it's for sort of industrial purposes. You're not designing for homes and businesses, for example. I just wanna be clear on your, who you're designing your, the solar system for. Actually, yeah, definitely. We design it for the apartments as well, uh, okay. individual. Yeah, we do that. But then there's a huge misconception here in my country that solar to like, you know, to get, um, to get the light, they think that solar needs a hot scorching sun to generate energy. And that is, the most challenging thing for us as a company. And we have to like, you know, when we go for marketing and stuff like that, we have to, you know, explain those to all the individuals in our country and saying that the solar is, solar doesn't really need hot scorching sun because photovoltaic cells can be activated with the minimum light rays of uh, sun and then minimum even in even when it's raining even when it's snowing the minimum light of the sun is always there to activate the sails and generate energy right right so mm -hmm. i imagine education is a big part of what you're doing you have to educate yeah. people it yes. goes hand in hand yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely okay you mentioned something you said smart city so you're you have obviously you have a bigger vision. Uh, are you thinking smart solar city where because again you're such a a, a big tourist hub? Um, are you referring to long term? You think um, your city can be well the the main city or, or or maybe all I don't know can be a smart solar city and you can have these you, people can be mobile through solar apps and goodness knows what else that can come yeah. from that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about the design of, of your product? Because I think a lot of people would be really interested in that, especially considering the climate and the temperature in Bhutan. Because uh, for people who don't know, Bhutan is very similar to Nepal, like um, you said at the beginning, mm -hmm. it's sandwiched yeah. between these two massive countries, right? You've got China yeah. in the north, <laughs> got big India in the south and oh, then yeah. you're then you're also sort of uh let me let me think let me think my geography east of Nepal and mm -hmm. then you're kind of near Bangladesh to the west of Bangladesh yes. so you're you're really mm -hmm. sandwiched between all of that and you're you're quite high I mean that's why so many people come there it's all the trekking similar to Nepal so people are yes. I'm sure are quite curious about okay 
how are you able to design this? Like you said, because many people in your country think you need a lot of sun. How are you able to design this so that it works so well in a country so high, etc.? So tell us about the design. Is it all um, a design that your team worked on specifically? Did you get help? Like how? Give us sort of some background. I'd love personally. I'd also love to know more about the design of just the system and how it all works. Okay, so it's like this. Um, we thought we will refer to the older like designs of, you know, there are a lot of uh, solar tracking bags, solar street lights, And so we refer to their design and then we make that uh, particular product usable in our country because like I said, our country in winter, we, you know, experience extreme cold. So we have to make it, make that product in such a way that, you know, it's sustained in this kind of harsh climate change. So uh, we, you know, we actually, we don't um, design new. It's not from like, we, we like, you know, design from A to Z, but then we refer to the older uh, designs from other solar products, which is uh, the existing products. And then we uh, like, you know, we try to make it, make that product where it can sustain our harsh climate in Bhutan. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay. And was that, was it expensive to design? Was it costly? Um, yeah, it is. It was at first, but then after some time, like we, we, we sort it out because the design, the existing design can be used in our country because there are a, there is a organization which is called Department of Renewable Energy. They also did a lot of prototyping and uh, prototyping project and stuff like that. So we were also like uh, doing hand in hand. We were like doing research. Uh, we were like, you know, helping. We, are, we were getting help from the department and uh, we were doing like, you know, case studies. We were, um, uh we went to the field over there and we you know tend to study all the existing product here in Bhutan and then we tried to compare with the ones we bought it from the Hong Kong and uh, we like you know try to like do like you know we try to install it and then we keep a watch on them and then we do that stuff so when we do that we saw that um, the existing solar panels here in Bhutan was not of the best of best qualities imported over here. Maybe it it um, maybe maybe because our country was very new to solar energy and they could not like you know they could not get the best of best panels to like do the prototyping and stuffs. Mm -hmm. You had a uh, sort of a uh, some kind of playbook already available from your government department, mm -hmm. and you were yeah. able to look at what they what they did. So you didn't really have to start from scratch. You had a yeah, sort of we, a, we... an existing framework, and then you you built your prototype, you tested it, you compared it with what was already in Bhutan. What what else What else was out yeah, there in the market? Yeah, we tried to compare our yeah. We right. to compare our prototype and there. Uh, existing product which was installed before. 
absolutely so you were you were also just um well i mean i don't want to make it like just obviously it's a big deal but you were also Mm -hmm. developing a better product based on what was already there you were you yeah. were sort of remodeling and reinventing an existing product okay and yes it sounds like you have a lot of support from the government so you work very closely with the government so are they also um helping your business in terms of um spreading i, I guess initiative wise do you get a lot of support from them and and um are they interested in say using using your product and and using it around the country or what's what's sort of the situation with your relationship with the government yeah so it, it's very um disheartening actually mm. you know there are people you know since we are very young and um, our ideas are new to them the existing you know new to the people the organization they actually yes verbally they used to support us they used to tell us we'll do that do this and we'll give you project and stuff like that you guys are really really motivating you guys are doing something different from others they used to say that but um when it comes to the real thing and giving projects and like you know supporting us uh, they refused at first because they thought that we as a young blood cannot do this serious stuff and we cannot like you know actually maybe because um there are a lot of entrepreneurs who you know start at first like anything and then after some time like, they refuse to work on that uh, particular ideas maybe because of that or maybe solar energy was a big thing for my uh, community. Uh, they used to verbally support us, but then um, in the in the face of supporting, giving a real support, um, they weren't there, and we had to like you know go for loans. We had to, we as a team suffered a lot to you know bring up this Nyumgasha Solar as a company startup company like it is existing right now yeah that's but, not so uncommon though don't despair yeah. it's quite normal for a lot of people yeah to go i know that. but then yeah at the end of the day it, i i am really happy you know i i was volunteering like you know that i am a desop a volunteer mm -hmm. yeah a volunteer so volunteer kind of um, we also like go through army training and stuff like that we are also trained like army yeah. so um we were like i was on duty and i fortunate fortunately was able to meet with the supreme commander my king his majesty and then after that i like you know i don't know it was very very i think my hard work was clicked over there and then um i i had that opportunity like we say right time right place and you meet the right people so mm -hmm. just like that i like i had an i got an audience from his majesty and then from nowhere like he's so concerned he's so concerned for us and he asked what do you want to do and that time i started pouring out my struggles and 
after then, after that, I I was recognized by His Majesty, and then I was given a chance where I I was um, sent to a field attachment with uh, solar expertise in one in one of our one of his own palace in Paro. It's a 45-hour drive from um, the city. So we went there. Me and my team was over there, you know, with the specialist, and we tend to do, um, we tend to build houses, and then we needed a sustainable energy, sustainable uh, building over there in Ugin Palace. So from then, I tend to have lot of um, I tend to have a lot of um, people tend to recognize me because I was recognized I was given the chance by his majesty believing in my ideas and uh, the hard work of my team then after that uh, we tend to have a lot of customer we were believed by the people who slanted us in the first phase and uh, they you they gave us a pr project as well and uh, after that we were uh, like after before we were the first solar private company in our country but now since his majesty believed in solar energy we are having several uh, competitors now that's great you're mm -hmm. a pioneer yeah so we <laughs> have uh, we have small small uh, solar private solar companies coming out selling those uh, uh, street lights. I think they usually do uh, import from China mm -hmm. and other, yeah, other third countries. Yeah, I have a question about about cost because one of the um, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, critiques of anything renewable is that it's so costly it's so expensive yeah. so people yes, will say definitely. like i i speak as someone who you know i was born and raised in the caribbean right and mm -hmm. my house uh, in my my country we have solar panels and mm -hmm. i think uh if if i'm not mistaken the government subsidized those panels for 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 the local people uh, I think there was like a small, initially, like if you couldn't afford it, they give you a, a very small loan that you could pay back, but it, it, it wasn't anything big. I mean, they really wanted to encourage people to get these panels, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. they, if you could partially afford it, they subsidize it. But either way, we all have these lovely solar panels on our homes. And because mm -hmm. it's the Caribbeans, so we have sun all the time. But one of the biggest complaints was that it's so expensive. It's so expensive. And um, but I, I think when it comes to re anything renewable and you'll have to uh, let me know if, if, if what it's like for you guys as well. I think the initial costs are quite high, but long term, it's beneficial. Like long term, the benefits will outweigh those costs. Because in the Caribbean region, we have, if the last time I checked, we had the highest tariffs, uh, the highest, mm -hmm. we, were, we were the highest in terms of costs when it comes to electricity, the highest in the world. Oh. Yeah, the highest nice. in the world, last I checked, which was wow. like a year ago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> we have. So for us, it's really, you know, there's, there's energy poverty and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. for you guys, 
in terms of pricing, is it really expensive? I mean, I'm thinking installation, getting it on right. Mm -hmm. You have to educate people. You have to get it up there, teach them how to mm -hmm. use it, all this other stuff. And then just the cells themselves, you know, getting mm -hmm. them, purchasing them, putting them together. There's all this other stuff. Is it very expensive? And do you have that challenge as well? Where people saying it's just too expensive and we don't want to invest in something like that. And how, how yes. do you circumvent that? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Mm. You know, yeah, it's very true that, you know, a renewable energy, like solar panels and stuff like that, it's very uh, uh, expensive. Yes, it is true. It is very expensive, but it is, when I, whenever I talk with my clients, I always say this, yes, it is expensive, but it is environmentally very cheap. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. And uh, to minimize the cost and stuff like that, we tend to like, you know, get the cells, we import the cells, we import the aluminum frames, we import the, uh, we, we, you know, actually import all those basic raw materials. And then after that, we try to assemble it here in our country only, where, you know, it, uh, when we like um, buy a finished good and import it in our country, it becomes very, very expensive because we can't import it. Uh, if you need a better, you know, if you need a E1 um, panel, we actually don't get it from India. Yes, there are a lot of people who, who manufacture very good solar panels, but um, I try to like, you know, do some research, but I still like, you know, go and get it from Hong Kong. And um, so we like, you know, to minimize the cost, we tend to like, you know, get the raw materials from Hong Kong and then we assemble it here in our country. And then we do the installation as well. And uh, uh, when I say that, like when it comes to like, you know, making it more cheaper, I, I, yes, I would say that it's expensive, but I say it is also environmentally cheap, environmentally cheap and the sun is paying your bill after that. And I always like, you know, show there the metrics over there, like how many money you will be saving in your future. Yeah. So uh, I try and to convince them the lifetime of like the that. cells, the lifetime of the cells themselves and kind of break mm -hmm. it down in months, year, yeah. you know, how long it will last. And yeah, I think those calculations help a lot. Yes, yes, and um, like the panel we we have it here, it is like um, the lifespan is twenty five to thirty years. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I mean, when you think of it in that perspective, the initial cost would be expensive initially, right? Just initially. Yes. It, but you're getting this forever, and I like how you frame it as the sun is paying your bills. I think it's also the framing of how you yeah, how you so, how you say that. Yeah, here. that's that's um the tagline of our product you know where mm. we say new gasha solar and uh, let the sun pay your bills mm, i love that let the sun pay your bills that's really cool mm. you know it's all it's all in the wording isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah very smart but yeah um it's it's the same kind of wherever you go but yes uh, as as i was um speaking as you were speaking i did also did a very quick search and indeed the caribbean is still one of the regions in the world with the highest um energy costs 
So well, we, yeah, you well, can you can great. check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that that's great in the sense but that even we, our government is helping us. Yeah, even yeah. our government is helping us because uh, when we import uh, solar panels and stuff like that mm-hmm. related to like you know green energy, the the we don't have to pay the uh, pay taxes for it. So mm-hmm. we only have to pay taxes for the batteries we bring in, but the panels are uh, tax free. So they help us with that. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, growing up, it was quite normal for like the electricity to go. That's so common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> was, is that a thing in Bhutan, like right now, or when you when you were growing up for the electricity to just kind of go randomly, like once a week? Because that was normal for us. It's not like that anymore. It's not as bad anymore. But growing up, you know, you had a generator. Well, yeah, some people had a generator. Happened. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Sometimes when we like, you know, if it's a very important meeting and stuff, it tends to happen. Yeah, yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is why like, even like when I promote my uh, products to the organization, big, big organization here, government organization, I always tell them like, you know, whenever we tend to have a important meeting, we tend to, you know, get our, the light gets off. And then after that, after the light comes in, like you have to, the technical, there will be a technical mess over there. Like, you know, your PPT will be out and stuff like that. It will like, you know, definitely create a chaos after that thing. So like, you know, uh, many organizations, they have a generator, but then it's, it's a generator, which is like, you know, which burns the fuel and then, you know, emit all those gases and stuff like that which is oh, that's very terrible mm. oh god yeah, yeah. And that is terrible yeah. mm-hmm. 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 so that is why i always uh when i like you know go for my presentation i always like show the demo of that keeping that example and um you know every organization needs a backup plan if the in case in like you know in the hospital if the light goes off and if there's, if you wait for the hydropower to like, you know, make it, wait for them to make it, then the patient who is like literally surviving on a particular machine would like, you know, we would lose them. So I always tell them that, you know, um, our product can also act as a backup lens for hydropower. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I had some girls, um, well, they're not girls anymore. They're ladies now who were um, on the podcast. Oh my gosh, that was a eons ago, maybe like two years ago. And they were transforming mm-hmm. solid waste into renewable energy. One was wow. based in Ghana and the other in Bangladesh where you have energy poverty. And like you mentioned, a lot of uh, pollution generators, exhaust all of that kind of stuff so yeah there 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 are quite a few people all around the world who are are working on this some some countries have really advanced systems like i've read a lot about things that are coming out of germany obviously Mm -hmm. these are much wealthier countries and they have more resources but just like really interesting things so Mm -hmm. do you what i want to know is do you ever have um sort of like um forums that you go to where you can share knowledge because the gentleman that I have had on the podcast Miller from um, Sri Lanka his product Mm -hmm. is also sort of a -a one-of-a-kind irrigation very much in that green agriculture 
uh, a Mm -hmm. swear as well. And he's coming out of Sri Lanka. And I asked him the same question in terms of like sharing knowledge, because I feel like nation states like, you know, Sri Lanka and Bhutan Mm -hmm. and say the Philippines Mm -hmm. and Nauru Mm -hmm. and, you know, even countries in the Caribbean and so on and so forth. These are like smaller countries. The climate is somewhat similar. And I feel like there's a lot of knowledge sharing that can happen. So I'm really curious to know, are you sharing in forums? Do you attend conferences, whether they may be in other parts of the world or in Europe? I know you, I think you were supported in a United Nations uh, program before, but I'm very curious if you, if that's something that you do or you'd like to do in the future, Um, knowledge sharing. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely go for other forums, like, you know, organized by United Nations. But um, yeah. So um, I haven't like gone for like, you know, to share your stories, entrepreneurial stories to other countries, but um, several times- But you I are went now. To, you know, <laughs> yeah, and thank you. And you have actually, because I mean, if you Google, I found you because I did research. So you're on a, you're on a lot of websites and I mean, you're on this podcast and I'm sure there'll be many more opportunities as well. (laughs) Thank you so much. Like you gave me the greatest opportunity to like, you know, let my entrepreneur's story come out like anything. Actually, uh, very recent, I went to, um, um, I was invited by the Ministry of Human Resources and they uh, called me to give um, entrepreneur, you know, what do we call that? Where you give some inspiration for the aspiring entrepreneurs over there. And they were the ones who were learning to bake, you know, bake yeah. cakes, yeah. Um, buns, and, you know, and soon after their trainings, they will be like out for the market. And when you are out for the market, you, you tend to like, you know, have lots of hurdles over there there are a lot of people who will say, you know, good, good stuff. But then there are people who is pulling your legs and saying yeah. that your idea is not good. Oh, Even yeah, your friends does yeah. not like what you do. And yeah, I had yeah. that. So yeah. I was sharing my stories, my, you know, painful stories. But yeah, definitely now I realize if if I don't ha- have, have that, you know, struggles before, then... I won't be like successful right now. Yeah. So yeah, I was talking to them and then like, you know, you have no idea. I was the number one failure in my life. I failed in any, everything I do, you know? So I don't know when you fail, you tend to learn a lot. You of course. tend to, yes. And I always tell my siblings and like, you know, Whenever I go out to share my stories in the platforms like um, Startup, um, where we have a community as well, you know, we we tend to meet the entrepreneurial community. We tend to meet and we share our stories. Um, it's called like group uh, story We come there. We do competition with each other. We you know exhibit our stuffs, uh, our um, designed. Um, product and we do to we try to compete in each other and then we tend to like you know have a great time talking about our adventure and um so i whenever i like you know go out with in this kind of platforms i always tell that 
know, a failure is is a very, very, you know, it's a very important thing you should go through because when you fail, you know what people around you are like. You know, you tend to see the true colors of a people, your environment, and you after that you tend to like evolve with it and make a better person you are from like you know before you tend to change you tend to like you know grow strong if if you go through failures you tend to resurrect at the end of this failure so i always tell her that tell people every people i meet the aspiring entrepreneurs Failure is the most beautiful thing Like you know, you go through in this entrepreneur journey. And I always tell them not to give up and not just like, you know, wait for the right time, but chase that right time. Yeah. And you, in doing so, you create opportunities for yourself. Like you said, I give you an opportunity. I see it differently. I think you created your own opportunity because when you decide to take on some kind of endeavor, whether it might be starting a company or a blog or whatever you're into and you put yourself out there, you create opportunities for yourself. So um, yeah, it's just kind of how it goes, you know? That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it works. So I want to know, where do you think this is all going or where would you like it to go in say five, 10 years from now? I would like to see myself in in five years, I I want every zonka in my country to be with the solar panel every street light to be a solar street light every city like every towns in my country be the smart smart towns or smart city in every every household have hot water system solar hot water system in on the top of their roof Oh my God, that's amazing. I think that's a good ambition. <laughs> and I'll make and it happen. Gonna, yeah, and you're going to make it happen. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I'll definitely make it happen. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, you know, I normally end this podcast with what lessons have you learned, but you've, you've, quite, you've shared quite a lot already. But if there's anything mm-hmm. else you would like to add, um, do let us know. What lessons have you learned from your entrepreneurial journey thus far? Um that you like to tell us. I mean, you didn't start this. This is very new. It's all early stage. So it's not like you started this a long time ago and you've come a long way. So is there any particular lesson that you'd like to um, share with our listeners? Yeah, definitely. I would, um, you know, I would like to share that everyone who believes in their idea, no matter what, you should go for that. Because even like, um, we were three when we started our company, but then I don't know the other part, the other co-founder, he thought that I was like, you know, literally pushing him to do a business which is not sustainable. So, you know, but then I stick to what I was, what I believe in it. And uh, solar was what I believe. Solar was my, kind of baby for me like you know I took care of it and then it's coming very beautifully like it's growing very beautifully so I would urge everyone to like believe in 
your idea, no matter what, and keep chasing your opportunity. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you yeah. so much, Ogan, for being on the podcast. And I will put all of your details in the show notes, but if you would like to share an email address or something right now, that's also fine too, where you'd like people to reach out to you if they're interested yeah, in making definitely. a connection. Um, I am also on Facebook and we also have a Facebook page in um, called Nimgasha Solar. We uploaded what we do and uh, what products we have. And we also are on um, Instagram. Uh, our website is coming out very soon. We are hosting it very soon. But um, due to this lockdown, we couldn't host it for now, but definitely we'll be announcing it in our Instagram stories, Facebook stories. So uh, we have a lot of amazing projects coming in and like building a coolest toilet and like, you know, building a coolest toilet. And we have, um, we have been building a sustainable, fully sustainable uh, building. So there are a lot of like, you know, projects coming in. So we'll be updating that on our Facebook page, our Instagram, and it, I would like every listener to follow us. And then, you know, hit us on like, hit us with like and comments so that we can do more. We can, you know, do more updated with more new technologies and then make it a better place to live in. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ogan. And Thank until, you so much, Jana. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. Yeah, bye for now. Thank you bye, so bye, much. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this conversation, visit the Rivers platform to learn and hear more from startups in emerging markets. Download our podcast episodes by visiting the website at www.rebirdshq.com or via iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Join our growing global community of rare ones by subscribing to our newsletter on our website and visit our shop to purchase some rare gear for yourself or as a gift for your friends. Thanks again for listening in. And until next time, rare ones, bye for now.